Hey, beer nerds. Welcome to the podcast. You know, being in Kentucky makes it so convenient to interview my local Kentucky brewery people, right? So, so today I have two guests for you. First, I speak with Derek Selznick. He is the executive director of the Kentucky Guild of Brewers. We met up at Monic at, to, um, to indulge in their new collaboration project with Paducah Brew Works. It's called Papa Don't Preach, and it's part of the Kentucky Proud and Kentucky Guild of Brewers line of beers coming out this fall to celebrate all things Kentucky uh, and the Department of Agriculture. We discuss what exactly the Commonwealth's Brewery Guild does, their requirements, and you know what the Kentucky beverage scene's future exactly looks like. And then, and, and I've been looking forward to this for a while now, I visited with Louisville's yet-to-be-opened brewery, Mile Wide Beer Company. It's uh, been founded by Schlafly and other beverage industry veterans, right? And it's going to be amazing once they open. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Feel free to listen to previous episodes as well and subscribe and share. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email me, Michael at buildingbreweries.com, or, you know, you can tweet me at MolarMD. I would highly suggest you actually start following me on Twitter, uh, because I do occasionally team up with your favorite breweries to host giveaways. Thanks for listening. All right, I'm here at Monic uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. It's not my first time here. It's um, been here another time interviewing Brian. Uh, I'd recommend you go back and listen to that episode when you can. But today I'm here with Derek Selznick. He's with the Kentucky Guild of Brewers. What's going on, Derek? Uh, nothing much. Just uh, right now enjoying this beautiful uh, Papa Don't Preach uh, uh, Cezanne made here with Monic uh, and Paducah Beer, uh, Beer Works. So enjoying the beer right now. Yeah, It's uh, before we get all to that, um, I would like to go ahead and talk a little bit about you first. Sure. You, before you started with the Guild of Brewers, you, you've worked with nonprofits in the past, but you're fairly new to the, to the Guild. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. I am uh, actually a couple days shy of being here for two months, uh, but previous to that, uh, for the last decade, I've worked at various nonprofits in both Colorado and here in Kentucky, um, doing government relations, event management, fundraising, communications work. Uh, so kind of a perfect fit, but a very different industry now doing uh, craft beer stuff. And you're actually the, f- the first paid um, employee of the guild, I believe? That's correct. I'm the first paid. And, you know, it's uh, part of this is um, the state of Kentucky with breweries, as you well know, it's it's just exploding. We're, our expansion is just going off like a rocket. And so they felt like they needed to bring in somebody who could devote uh, full-time uh, resources to promoting Kentucky beer. So what, is, what does the guild do exactly? Uh, we do a number of different functions. Um, one of the big things that we do is we do, so this, for example, this uh, collaboration beer that we're doing between uh, Paducah Beer Works and Monic. Um, we worked with the Kentucky Department of Agriculture we worked with the Kentucky Department of Agriculture um, to provide Kentucky Proud products and kind of bring this together. And then what we did was we pushed out in the media. What we want to show off is what our brewers are capable of using just these wonderful ingredients. Um, we do some fundraising, obviously. And then our big thing is we also do government relations. We are the voice of Kentucky Beer in Frankfurt. So what do you ex- what do you exactly do for the Guild? Like what's a, what's a day in your life? The, I cannot answer that. <laughs> I would I have I'd have to kill you. No, it really is um, spending a lot of time with brewers and kind of helping them. So, for example, so our um, you know we have two breweries right now that are doing soft opens this week, and they'll be doing their hard full opens um, in a week. And I've been working with them trying to you know help get press out there 
help think through those sorts of things. Um, other times it's working with folks trying to kind of uh, think through what they're doing. Um, it just really is depending. Uh, the one thing I can say that is consistent, I spend a lot of time in my car and I spend a lot of time in breweries. <laughs> That's fair. Do you have any, do you have a volunteer staff at all? We don't at the moment. Um, you know, we do have some volunteers, but luckily um, a lot of our brewers have people that are regulars and are willing to kind of help out and do. Uh, and we're going to be needing that. We're actually going to be putting on um, uh, the first annual uh, Kentucky Guild of Brewers Brewfest. It's going oh. to be happening here in Louisville on June 24th in 2017 um, at Festival Plaza down at Waterfront Park. Uh, we're going to have probably close to 60 to 70 different uh, Kentucky exclusive beers. Hmm. Um, the idea behind that is, you know, we want to make sure that you can taste all the regulars that, you know, you know and love and can get in the store. But also, what is the stuff that you're only going to get if you're going to go down to Rooster in their tap room? <laughs> but also, you know, West Six, Country Boy, Against the Grain. What is the wild stuff that they're doing? It's never going to go into distribution. But what is the wild stuff that they're just trying um, and, and kind of putting that out there? Who can join the guild? What kind of requirements are there? Well, we've got three different levels of uh, membership. We have enthusiasts. So if you know you just love Kentucky craft beer and you just kind of want to be in the know, get our newsletter, get a t-shirt, you know, put out a couple of shekels to help support us. We have that for $35. You can join on our website, kygbrewers.org. It's, it's worth the t-shirt alone, honestly. I got it a few months ago. It's I get compliments on it quite a bit. We're actually designing a cooler t-shirt. Oh, I can't it's, wait. It's coming out soon. Okay. Um, and so is a whole uh, website redesign. Um, but we also have retail members, so particularly liquor stores and that sort of thing. And then we have affiliates. So those are the people that are selling uh, malt and hops and um, our bright tanks, all those kind of things, but as well as just you know services. Um, and what we really value about our affiliates more than anything else is because it's guaranteed, it kind of has a list for our, our brewers to know of. These are people that not only are they an accounting firm, but they actually know what the tax requirements are for beer and how you process that. You know, and that is really important is having people that have that kind of specialized knowledge. Um, so those are kind of our three ways. Okay, and then, then the brewers themselves, the breweries. Yes, and of course, um, our members. Um, and we've got um, a couple of different types. Um, we've got brewery and planning, and then we have our full brewers. You know, and by the end of the year, um, we're, we'll, we should be at 34 to 35. It just depends on um, timing um, for some of those. Is there is there any kind of, let's say, okay, I'm, I'm, an, I'm a new brewer, and yes. I'm really excited to open up a brewery. It's been my lifelong dream. Um, but I really don't have that much experience outside of like gallon buckets at a time. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I really want to start a brewery here, here in, in Paducah or Louisville or wherever. Um, how can the guild help me? Do they help at all? Or or do they say, you know what, maybe, maybe you should just take a break and come back when you're ready. Well, they, they may say that, um, you know, you may be at a business place where you're actually, you know, you need some more time to figure it out. But one of the really cool things about craft beer that's different than almost any other industry that you'll get into is we uh, engage in what Sam Cook from um, uh, Sam, Sam Adams calls um, collaborative competition, right? We really believe in a hand up, hand down. So our larger brewers, we fully expect them to help, you know, those people that may be working on really small systems and get them up to speed. Um, we have, you know, some of the brewmasters will come in to some of the smaller ones and they'll just look at the brew house and say, listen, if you put that downspout right down there, you're going to crack your leg open and tear your jeans <laughs> and just mess yourself up. Don't put it like that. And that's one of the really unique things is, you know, if you're a craft beer drinker, how often do you buy the same beer twice? 
right? Right. You know, you may buy it twice, or it's you'll buy it twice or three times or four times, but you almost never buy it twice in a row. Mm -hmm. If you buy Bud Light, that's all you're buying. You're never buying Coors, you're never buying anything. So we recognize the fact that our consumers and our base are people that enjoy the variety. And so our goal is to make sure everybody's out there and they're making good liquid, man. I would like to go ahead and talk a little bit more about the, the Kentucky Proud movement that was mm -hmm. just recently announced that we talked a little bit about ago, a little bit ago. Um, so Kentucky Brewers are being paired with Kentucky Farmers. Yep. How many breweries are involved in this collaboration and this movement, and, and what kind of time frame are we looking at? Well, they're all going to be coming out this fall slash winter. Uh, the first one was a collaboration between uh, Against the Grain and uh, Ethereal. They made the first one, and it was Peach Better Have My Money. <laughs> it was a sour peach saison. It was absolutely delicious. They dumped about, I think, 300 pounds of uh, Kentucky Proud peaches in there. It's absolutely great. Um, the second one was a collaboration between Great Flood Brewing here in Louisville and 8-Ball up in northern Kentucky. They made a pecan pale. Um, the, the third one we're looking at right now, and that's Monic and Paducah Beer Works, and that is uh, Pawpaw Don't Preach, and it's a Pawpaw Saison. Uh, uh, white squirrel and uh, goodwood will uh, produce one using hemp seeds and hemp oil and then the last one is going to be a collaboration between gordon Biersch and apocalypse and they're putting together um, i believe it's a sorghum stout is what they're going to be using how, how did this movement how did this idea first come about how was it inspired um, well, part of that is before my time, so mm -hmm. I could lie and try and answer that. <laughs> um, but really, I think what this is is a recognition um, between the Department of Agriculture and, as well as our brewers of uh, the importance of using Kentucky ingredients and what they're doing and showcasing that to really give, you know, we are a part of the flavor of Kentucky. It's not just bourbon, you know, when, you, when you're drinking something. It's also, um, it's Kentucky craft beer. And part of that, too, is using, you know, what are these amazing ingredients that we can find on hand, use them, and make something unique. Um, we're also um, um, working with the Department of Agriculture and their wineries. We're developing a new app um, so you can kind of find all the craft breweries and the wineries throughout the state. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be called Drinky, um, <laughs> big KY at the end. And um, what it'll do is, you know, you can kind of check in after 10, we're going to give you, after you check into 10 different breweries, we're going to give you a sticker pack. If you go to 20, I'm going to give you something even cooler. Ooh. And if you go to 30, if you make it to 30, we will find a super special secret badge, something cool to, what, when to is, give you. When is this app going to be ready? It should be ready in November and it'll be ready to go. And one of the really nice things about it too is not only do you get to check in, but you can take notes on it. Um, so you can, you know, if you I like this, I did not, not like, like this. this and it's something for you to use. You can, you know, put it on Facebook. It's, it's untapped, but lo <laughs> local untapped. Exactly. And what we really want is we want people to really go out there and experience. Um, it's great that we can buy some of our larger breweries when you go to Kroger, you go to the liquor store. But really, the only way to really get to know a brewery is to go to that tap room, find out not just what's their standard, but what is, what is what's the personality of the brewer? What is the personality of the beer that they're trying to get across? And I think um, this is one way where we're really trying to encourage people to, to engage in that type of behavior. I imagine from, from a Frankfurt legislation uh, viewpoint that having the Department of Agriculture on your side isn't a bad thing. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing at all. I right. mean, you know, we're more looking at this as uh, business opportunities sure. for my for uh, our folks and kind of doing that. Um, you know, we also do use a lot of Kentucky proud ingredients. You know, Goodwood at Louisville Lager um, uses all of their malt is grain that's made here in Kentucky, that's grown here in Kentucky. So having a strong relationship with the agriculture, you know, we have very few ingredients. You know, it's yeast, it's malt, it's hops, it's water. 
and you know water's local and you know we can work on getting some more malt and you know some more hops i've seen your podcast you've talked to local hop producers so i think there's a lot of momentum behind that and you know as people go to um drink local think local grow local eat local i think it's all in line with that movement excellent um so you said there's about 34, 35 brewers expected at the end of the year? Yes. And that, just to kind of give perspective, that's up from 11 in 2011. So that's the kind of growth that we're looking at. And I already know of another three or four. And those are just ones I know about um, that are going to be happening. What challenges are facing Kentucky right now? You know, one of the biggest things that we're facing and our brewers face is, you know, is... um, Everybody wants to get in and brew beer and, and, and do that and thinks it's going to be fun. And it is a lot of fun. But it's also a tremendous amount of work. Um, and one of the biggest things that we have found for our brewers is just simply space. Um, you know, you hit a point where you just reach absolute capacity. Um, you know, because when you have to buy cans, you buy them by the, uh, an entire semi-truck truck's worth. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just buy, uh, you know, a couple of cases worth. So really to kind of have that distribution, you really need to have a lot of space. And so what we're seeing right now is this trend of um, huge amounts of money are being invested right now. So for example, here in Louisville, Great Floods, um, you know, not more than uh, a mile from where we're sitting right now, they're going to be opening up an additional production facility yeah. um, in an eventual tap room. They're investing over a million dollars to do that. Uh, Country Boy's about to open up a $5.6 million um, facility on their fifth anniversary. Um, the more and more I talk with these folks, the thing I keep hearing is, oh, once we get this upgrade, we'll never run out of space. A year later, that's exactly what happens. And so, um, you know, our market share is expanding at such a rapid pace that just keeping up with that demand is being increasingly difficult. Coming from your, coming from your past experiences with various nonprofit organizations and then coming into this position here with the Guild, what would you say is, what, what have you taken away from the beverage industry? What I've taken away is that, you know, this is a family. Um, and that is really something I have seen, you know, in uh, working in the nonprofit world, sometimes there can become competitions for dollars and that sort of stuff um, that, that can happen, um, whether that's real or perceived. I think here, the spirit of, the, of just really friendly competition, as in, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow bigger and I'm going to be better because I make better liquid than you do. Not because that you're bad or you're taking market share or any of that stuff, but just simply my product, I am so proud of my product, I'm going to kick your butt. <laughs> and I think that, that is just really fun to see. Like, no, I will help you get up and running. I will help you as so-called perceived competition to make sure you succeed. And then I will compete with you in the marketplace and I will win. I don't think an episode goes by in which I don't say it's a brotherhood. <laughs> but I think I say that every episode I've done so far. But uh, it, it's so true with, the, with this. Ancestorhood. Ancestorhood. Oh, oh ab- absolutely. Um, yeah, no, it really, it's, it's really incredible. And to kind of be the person that's helping uh, facilitate that and facilitating that dialogue, I mean, to me, it's just a joy that I get to come in and help, you know, try and do my little part to make them successful. I know we've talked about the app, and I know we've talked about the upcoming Brewfest, the mm-hmm. first one. Is there anything else coming up, whether it's breweries or the Guild in general, that you'd like people to know about? Well, just keep your eyes open. I mean, um, so, for example, in northern Kentucky, Wooden Cask is opening up on November 12th. 
Um, they're up in Newport. They're doing really cool stuff. Um, former uh, uh, owner, former co-owner of, uh, I think it was Riverhouse Draft uh, mm-hmm. up there in Cincinnati. They're going to be doing some really exciting, um, good stuff. Um, Alexandria Brewing Company, also in Northern Kentucky. Rock House is opening up. Mirror Twin just opened up in Lexington as well. Here in Louisville, uh, Mile Wide will be opening up in uh, later in November, yeah. hopefully. I believe they start brewing very, very soon. I, I was told something recently, yes. <laughs> um, in Linden, Holshoppel, they'll be opening up. They're going to be just doing really cool stuff. We have uh, Gravely Brewing, which hopefully will get, get up and running sometime in the spring. So, I mean, just keep your eyes out there. And, you know, the other thing is you may love one of our brewers. Go check them all out. It's definitely worth it uh, to do that. Taste the variety that is Kentucky beer. And then in the meantime, just uh, kind of keep up with the, with the hub of Kentucky Guild of Brewers on your Facebook page, website, anything else? Our Facebook page is a great page. It's really kind of doing events. We have, you know, um, this uh, we've got three events just in the next uh, five days. We've got tonight doing the Paw Paw release. We're doing a Pecan Pale release at Great Flood on Friday. And then on Monday, um, Gordon Biersch and... Um, uh, uh, um, Sam Cruz from Against the Grain they did a collaboration for a, uh, a Roggen beer or a rye lager <laughs> beer um, and they're doing a release for that so I mean there's just tons of stuff out there so come out drink local enjoy thanks Derek I really appreciate it I'm going to drink some of this pawpaw right now sounds great thank you take care I'm here at the yet-to-be-open Mile Wide Beer Company in Louisville, Kentucky, about two miles away from my house, actually. Um, I am with uh, Scott Truffler and uh, Kyle Tavares, co-owners. How are you doing, guys? Michael, good, Michael. How are you? Great. Good. Uh, actually, and there, you have two other owners as well, correct? Correct. Who are they? Uh, so we have Matt Landon and uh, Patrick Smith. Patrick is uh, the owner of River City Draft House, so I'm sure some of your listeners have, have met him before. Mm-hmm. Um Neither of you are, are exactly new to this, um, but can you just talk a little bit about your past experiences? Uh, sure. Um, so I worked for nine years as a uh, brewery representative for Schlafly Beer out of St. Louis. Um, so that's that's the bulk of my experience. I left there back in the end of February to uh, come start at Mile Wide. Kyle? Yeah, I, uh, let's see, I started home brewing in college and kind of fell in love with it and was fortunate enough to get set up with a uh, a free internship at New Albanian back in Grantline back hmm. what is this 2007 or something like that and I was there for a little while and then kind of realized that it was one some a career path that I wanted to stick with and from there I went to the Siebel Institute and World Brewing Academy mm-hmm. and studied brewing there. I did their uh, master brewer certification program. And after I got out of school, the brewer that I was working with at New Albanian, Jared Williamson, happened to be, now be working for Schlafly and they were looking for a brewer. And he, from, I guess he liked working with me. So he was like, mm-hmm. hey, you should apply. And I did. And the next thing I knew, I w- two weeks later, I was uh, moving to St. Louis, a city that I only visited for the arch, you know, growing up. Right. And um, worked there in brewing and quality control for four years and uh, had an opportunity to move back to Louisville. And here we are. Excellent. Um, now, you're not open yet. Mile Wide isn't open yet, but you're getting there. At what point, though, did you first start to come together and think, okay, we have this specific idea. It's no longer kind of a vague idea. Like, like let's actually do this. Uh, so, so the idea actually started with, with Matt and Patrick um, 
and the original idea was to open a cidery. Uh, and for various reasons, they kind of realized that that wasn't going to be a wide cider company. <laughs> had a different name. I can't remember what the what the name was, but um, for various reasons, realized that that wasn't going to be a, a viable option, and so it, it turned into a brewery. Um, and then that's when the two of them, uh, Patrick, I knew obviously from my time at Schlafly, uh, working with River City Draft House, and he told Matt, you know, we should, we should talk to Scott. And so they approached me and this was back in April of, uh, 2014. And, uh, you know, it was a no brainer. Absolutely. Let's do this. Uh, there's a lot of great breweries in Kentucky, but, uh, we're still underserved, you know, compared to the rest of the country. So we got going and, and it was, I think Thanksgiving of that year that we brought Kyle on. Um, and then, um, that's when everything sort of crystallized and, and things started moving and, um, you know, got this building, moved in here December 1st of last year. Um, and that's when, you know, hit the ground running. What so. kind of uh, hiccups have you had along the way? <laughs> um, many, you know, some some to do with uh, finding a location. You know, there's some very specific things that we wanted. Uh, we wanted to have a space where the tap room was going to be, you know, you, there was a clear line of vision into the brewery. Mm-hmm. Um you know, finding the right location where we were close enough to um, population centers and, and traffic patterns that um, made it, you know, made it feasible. Um, so we found a few places and, and for various reasons, you know, things fell through. And this was, I think, the fourth building we looked at. Um, so that was that was a big first hurdle. Well, well, let's talk about this building that we're in right now. Then what what exactly sure. what kind of it, um, iterations did it go through? What what do you know about it? <laughs> Kyle here. I'll take this question. <laughs> um, the beginning of this building that we are aware of is that it was a Pillsbury factory back in, I, my dates are not good with this, but I'm saying like the thirties and forties, it was a, an, um, a full scale biscuit production. Basically the railroad tracks, which you can see from our front door, they used to bring rail cars in and load up the silos, which are sitting right next to us right now and they would take the grain all the way from from a raw material to what is uh frozen biscuits and actually funny story our uh production room our brewery is what used to be the their freezer so all of our walls have eight inches of cork Hmm. uh that line them because that was their freezer for frozen biscuits and then they would send them out there to Families around the country. I don't know. Um, the, the, wow, the, wide the, biscuit company. Yeah, right. <laughs> Next step. Uh, from there, I know, know it used to be Jillian's, and that's kind of a, if people aren't familiar with it, it's like a Dave & Buster's kind of a place that's an all-family fun center. It's got a bar, a restaurant, and arcades and music. And w- the, the space that we occupy used to be Jillian's event space. So when we moved in, it was, I mean kind of dark and it looked like a concert hall. There was a 15 by 20 uh, stage in what is now the brewery. It was just kind of dark and looked like an old concert hall and we've uh, made some transitions to it. I guess I should say that this this building also used to house the Silo Brewery. It's not in our space. I think that used to be up where Diamonds is right now. Um, But that was back in 94? Scott's correcting me here. Ninety-one. I don't know. We, and, and we, correct we'll me if to, I'm wrong, but that was one of the first 
Minecraft. Okay, in Louisville, yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was the first brew pub, as far as I know, the first brew pub in Louisville. Uh, and David Pierce, who now brews at BBC in St. Yeah, Matthews yeah. and used to brew at New Albanian in BBC production, was the brewer there. He actually left there to go brew at BBC St. Matthews. Okay. Um, actually, you mentioned diamonds a little bit ago. And as I was walking into the brewery, there's this big sign on the door. It said, <laughs> we assure you, this is not diamonds. What What made you put that sign up? Uh, so about a month ago, uh, Brett Michaels played a show up at Diamond. So the, the Diamond, their their live music space is kind of above our tap room. Their stage is actually back uh, over our offices. You can't see right now, but Scott is pointing directions. I'm really, so g- you know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's back that way, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Brett Michaels was playing, and uh, about nine o'clock that morning, the show probably nine o'clock that night, but uh, at nine o'clock that morning, there was already a carload of people who were camping out. For Brett Michaels. For Brett Michaels, general admission. So, you know, they wanted to make sure they got up there front row. Um, But, you know, by probably 10 or 11 that morning, we had had no fewer than a dozen people walk in our front door asking if this was Diamond. And finally, uh, Matt had had enough and decided that we need to put a a clerk's style sign on the front door. Instead of I assure you we are open, it's I assure you we are not diamond. And by clear, I mean, it's, it's a piece of cardboard with Sharpie on it. Yes. Yeah. 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 No shoe polish, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So going back to, you know, you're, you're, you're opening the space and I've always kind of wondered, do you treat that like a nine to five job or is it just kind of, we need to get this done no matter how long it takes? Yeah. It's, it's kind of, um, you know, the, the work week has extended you know, the closer we've gotten, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think the first few months when we're still waiting for our federal, uh, TTB license, there wasn't a lot we can do in here. So it was very much Monday through Friday, but yeah, I mean, Saturdays and and now Sundays are, are part of the work week. And that's just, you know, we have to get it. There's stuff we have to get done and we have only so many hours in the day to do it. So, yeah, especially now, I mean, we have five full fermenters. I mean, that is our full cellar capacity. And now that we brewing has started, it's especially become a seven-day work week mm-hmm. because the yeast never sleeps. And, you know, we're really trying to get get these b- great beers together for our opening. And, you know, we want to move them as along as, as quickly as we can in a responsible manner. Yeah. Now, you kind of mentioned it before, Scott, that Louisville is kind of underserved right now compared to other beer cities relative to the rest of the country, I guess. What exactly does Mile Wide, you know, bring to the table? What, what does, how, how does Mile Wide stand out? Um, I think first of all, and you know, th- things like um, our scavenger series is something that we think is, is pretty unique. Uh, so the scavenger series is um, our series of hoppy beers. We're kind of taking style out of it. Um, all of our hobby beers will be called Scavenger, and there'll be different variations. So right now in, in the tank, we have a West Coast Scavenger. Uh, the next up will be we have a Northeast Scavenger, uh, an Imperial Rye Scavenger. So the idea is that we have these various grain bills, and the hops change every time we brew them. Mm-hmm. You know, as a new brewery, it's it's tough for us to get contracts for the hops that we really love. So, you know, if we can get, you know, 44 or 88 pounds of hops we want we can brew a beer with that so we're kind of scavenging for these various hops speaking of you know beer styles and everything what will you be focusing on besides the scavenger series 
Um, I'll let Kyle take that since he is our head brewer. Yeah. Well, the only year-round offering that right that we're settled on right now is uh, a Belgian wit, um, and I think all of us are you know we're all kind of hopheads. Patrick kind of throws in an interesting twist to it that he's he's in a, a lover of fine German lagers, mm. so I'm sure uh, we'll throw in a spattering of lagers here and there. Um, as a production brewery and craft small craft brewery, it's difficult with lagers because it occupies tank time, and you know, beer that sits in tank longer is is taking you know away from other things that we could be brewing, um, but. I, you know, we really haven't settled on a lot of styles. I think that we're all just excited to to start brewing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I with my background, I've never really had the opportunity to, to get creative with the brewing process. Like I said at Schlafly, I was a production brewer. So I got real good at brewing Kolsch and pale ale and summer lager and all that in those, which was a lot of fun and a great experience. And then in quality control, I had a... a great time analyzing those beers but tasting yeah and and tasting occasionally (laughs) uh but now i think we're all kind of ready you know to uh start having fun with it and it it's hard right now with so many things that are still ahead of us before we can open to even start thinking about that future but we're we're starting to transition into that now that we have tanks full and you know we can we're, we're ticking off um projects you know every week so as more things are finished it allows us to start focusing on what we're all really here to do and that's make beer how many uh, how many taps will you have at the bar uh we have 12 uh drafts or 12 draft lines and they're all independent so we can run 12 different and then we have two back in the brewery for us oh okay (laughs) i I see um now when i was i was kind of roaming around earlier and i saw a, a crowler machine right what exactly is the benefit to having that? Because, I mean, I see that they're definitely growing in popular, popularity, I feel like. So what, what advantages does that bring? So we really like the Crowler because it's, um, I mean, it's a Crowler versus Growler debate, sure. I guess. And the Growlers are much more, uh, you know, you see them much more in craft beer and beer in general. Um, and they're, it's a great vessel. But I think that we really like the Crowler because... It's a smaller offering. It's 32 ounces as opposed to generally a 64 uh, ounce portion. Mm-hmm. And this way, you know, if you want to get some beer to take home for yourself or for your family or whatever, you can grab one. If you want that 64 ounces, just get two of them. And then you can have the opportunity to get two different ones. Um, so we like that aspect of it. It's also a much better package for. Uh, shelf stability. Mm-hmm. I mean, oxygen is terrible for beer. Light is terrible for beer. So in this light tight container, I mean, it is, it's a 32 ounce can. It looks exactly like a 32 ounce can you'd pick up at Thornton's. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a much more stable beer if it is packaged correctly and stored correctly. So that's why we like it. Why we like it. Yeah, Scott. Well, I, excuse me. And I think just from an environmental standpoint, um, aluminum is incredibly recyclable. So it properly recycled, our Crowler cans can be back on the shelf in 60 days. Mm-hmm. Um, they're lighter for transport, so they're using less fuel. Uh, you can take them anywhere. You know, you can take them to the golf course. 
um, assuming that they allow alcohol and yeah, outside, not anywhere. <laughs> not anywhere. No, no, no. Right. You can, you can Within take the them rules of the golf course. <laughs> no, you can take them anywhere. Just if right. They're whether, allowed it's, or not. whether it's legal. <laughs> yeah. You know, take them on, on a boat and take them hiking. So the portability of them is, mm-hmm. is a big bonus as well. No, that's a big draw for me as well. It, just for storing purposes in a backpack. It yeah. It comes in handy. And, and also I think, uh, you know, with, with glass, um, growlers, you know, it's usually kind of an etch of your logo with, whereas a can you have the full logo, artistic abilities, all that goes with it as well. Well, and that's one thing that uh, I really love that, that we did. We worked with our designers, um, who are amazing, uh, Brandon and Lilia from Gemini cricket, um, a lot of breweries and nothing wrong with it. Put the, just put their logo on it and then, you know, a little place for the style. But we were looking at the Crowler as kind of the mother of our branding. Mm-hmm. So all of our branding will kind of stem from this one package. So we went a little further and made it look like um, a true packaged uh, beer. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let's talk about your logo and kind of your name a little bit as well. How did that, how did that process develop? How did you go about finding the right contacts for that and then kind of settling on the designs in the name? Yeah, so um, that was actually, I mean, you talk about roadblocks. It wasn't really a roadblock, but it's a much longer process than, than we would have thought. We had some good names, but, you know, if, if there's anything that's remotely similar or or even spot on, if even if that brewery is in another country, you know, you, you worry about, you know, first use rights and things like that. So, um, so we went through a lot of things, and, and it was funny. It, it kind of, I guess, Patrick came up with the name. And um, it must have just come to him because we had had this discussion for a couple months. What are we going to what are we going to call it? What are we going to call it? And finally, he was just like, what about mile wide? Um, So the Ohio River is a mile wide just west of downtown Louisville. Mm -hmm. So that's where the name, you know, we wanted a name that would tie us to Louisville, but not too on the nose about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Plus, it gives the, the the idea of being open and, you know, and that's what we're doing with our beer as well, being kind of open, not tying ourselves to you know this straight track it's um creatively very wide open hmm. so and and then the label itself um the label is for the crowler or just the logo the L- logo i'm sorry okay yeah no that's fine um yeah i mean the, the idea of bridges obviously with uh with the river um matt uh one of our partners spent the better part of his adult life building bridges hmm. as a superstructure concrete placement foreman a lot of schlum (laughs) 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 gotta make sure the schlump's correct if not you know things are all gonna go wrong (laughs) um so you know so we we went through um a few different iterations with brandon and lilia um and then they um kind of came back with with the logo they did and and you know there were some minor tweaks but um we, we couldn't be happier. We absolutely love the logo. No, it, it pops. It's great. I mean, it's just logos are kind of hard to say. You know, you can't really have a bullet point list of, okay, this makes a great logo. This makes a great logo. It's just like one of those things that if you see it, you know it when you see yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we really took our hands off the process and kind of gave them an idea of what we were looking for and, and let them run with it. And then, um, yeah, like I said, they came up with a great logo. What names didn't make the cut? Um, the one that I remember was Big Rock Brewing Company, because Big Rock, um, Big Rock sure. in Cherokee Park. Nice. Um, but there's a brewery in Canada named Big Rock, and I don't think they've ever distributed to the United mm. States. But it was Still like, safe. well, you know, let's let's keep working. Mm. That was a while ago, so I don't remember all of them. But yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. There was <laughs> I think one of them. One of Patrick liked was High Cotton Brewing Company, which has been taken. 
Um, and I think it's supposed to like when there's a good harvest, it's it's high cotton. It's good times. Hmm. Um, but high yeah. cotton. Yeah. <laughs> so you both have a lot of contacts within the industry. Mm-hmm. Do you have any plans to utilize those contacts and do any kind of collaboration projects in the near future? Absolutely. Yes. Um, I'll start and I'll let Kyle talk a little more specifically. I think that um, that's something that we want to do a lot of um, to, you know, because it's first and foremost, it'll be fun. Um, and second, secondly, it gets our name out to some places outside of Louisville and outside of the state of Kentucky. Um, and with Kyle's contacts from brewing school, um, we can certainly do a lot of those, but I'll let him. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, we've all talked about it and we want to really go full force on the state of Kentucky. And our first focus is Kentucky and Louisville and making great beer for Kentucky. And, but I think that there's a lot of great opportunity to learn and to, see how other people brew and that collaboration is a great way to do that. And, um, I mean, we don't really have anything written in stone yet with anybody, but, uh, through brewing school, I mean, I was in class with 40 different, 40 other people and, you know, I'd love to see them again. And they're working in breweries all over, all around the country. And through Schlafly, I've met some, some, uh, people from great breweries and, you know, it might not be uh, next month, but we do want to start talking to people about about just playing around, having some fun, and making interesting beers. And you know, it gives people that that aren't serving or selling beer in Kentucky an opportunity to come to Kentucky and check it out. And it gives us an opportunity to get uh, around the country. And you know, we all love beer, and it'll give us an opportunity to travel and drink beer sure <laughs> yeah what a tough tough job <laughs> um so, so you you've gone with a distributor then obviously uh how exactly do you do you choose a distributor as a new brewery oh gosh scott <laughs> <laughs> um well i mean first we have to so in the state of kentucky you have to have a distributor to even open so your doors open one, yeah. um so we were we were forced to earlier than we had thought uh pick a distributor um, so my experience with Schlafly, I knew a lot of the people from other distributors. And, um, so we, you know, there were really four options for us here in Louisville and we sat down and we talked with them all. And, you know, there are things that we need, um, from our distributor as a new brewery, um, in terms of focus and things like that. But, you know, a lot of it's just feel, you know, you, you sit down and you talk to the person, you see what, you know, you give them your vision of what what mile wide is going to be and they tell you what they think that they can do for you and then you know it's just a lot of it's gut instinct so we signed with beer house uh here in kentucky um they have bbc st matthews um as one of their breweries that they distribute and they also distribute eight ball out of northern kentucky mm-hmm. but those are their only kentucky breweries uh, so that was uh, obviously a huge draw for us is that there's not a lot of local breweries in their in their catalog. Um, so that's we, a good opportunity for you all then. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I've known JD, who is the um, who's the I guess um, general manager of Beer House Kentucky uh, for quite some time. I used to be the beer buyer at the Whole Foods here, um, and he was you know he would deliver beer to me, and I've I've hmm. known him for a long time, and he would always joke with me when I was at Schlafly that someday um we'd be on the same team and here we are 
you know, 10 years later and we're on the same team. All so, right. well, just a couple more questions. And I'll let you go. Sure. Um, if you weren't here opening this brewery, what would you be doing right now? Where would you be? Um, I mean, I'd still be in the beer industry. Um, you know, when I took the job at Schlafly, it was, it was, a, I was 29 newly married and I was just looking for some, I was looking for what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And Schlafly was going to be the job that I had while I figured that out. And it quickly became, no, this is what you want to do with your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this industry. I would be doing something in this industry. Um, you know, hopefully more, you know, like a, I don't know, a regional manager for a brewery or something like that. So uh, working for a distributor, but this is preferable to all the other oh, options. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> um, Kyle, the question is, if you weren't here right now, you, you, uh, for everybody listening, Kyle just ran off for a second, but he's back. Um, I'm back. If you, hadn't, if you weren't opening this brewery right now, what would you be doing? Oh, I would most likely still be in St. Louis working for Schlafly. I mean, I, I love the job and I love the people that I worked with. Um, Really, this opportunity for me was something that I was unexpected and unplanned. It was something that kind of came up, and I, Scott and I had, had talked for a long time, and we knew each other, and he knew how much I loved this city and the people, and um, it was kind of a no-brainer for me whenever it came to it, and it was hard because I have I still have a lot of great friends in St. Louis, mm-hmm. but, you know, this is an opportunity that you can't, when, when presented to you, it, you can't pass on, so... I don't, I don't know what else I'd be doing other than that. Right on. Yeah. All right, guys. So the big question is, when's the opening date? Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. When, it, when is the <laughs> an, an, anticipated opening date? Um, we have beer and tank that should be packaged next week. Um, and we have two, new, two other beers that still need to be brewed. Uh, we are anticipating a... First couple weeks of December. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. That's, that's, a, that's a good estimation. That's not far off. Uh, we'll we'll say 2016 is a firm, firm <laughs> number. In the, yes. in, unless in the middle of November. So by we, the end of 2016. Yeah, we have beer so in tank. Whether it, it might we might open and just be selling crowlers out our front door, but <laughs> okay. we'll see. <laughs> what what what's the plan? Do you um, as far as hours go? Any any idea yet? Yeah, so the plan is uh, seven days a week, uh, Monday through Thursday uh, from 4 to midnight, Friday, Saturday from noon to midnight, and then Sunday from noon to 8. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually have a 2 o'clock license. So, uh, you know, if there's if there's 100 people in here at 1130 on a Thursday night, we're not kicking people out. We're right. going to, you know, let them keep going. But, um, yeah, I think those are pretty pretty good hours. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, uh, you have a, you have a uh, brewery to open, so I'll let you get to it. Awesome, thank Thanks you, Michael. Me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining me, Kyle. Thank you.